What's going on, everybody? Football season is over, but that does not mean the football talk stops. Me and Steve here going to give you guys our uh, top prospects at every position for this upcoming NFL draft. I know it's early, but uh, got to get into the swing of things. You know what I mean? Off season, baby. Yeah, and, and the combine comes up at the end of this month, too. So I, I think it'd be uh, nice to get a little head start on the names that we're expecting to see in the first round. Um, so, Lou, I'm going to hop in with, with quarterbacks, and I think... This list kind of goes without saying. I mean, there, there's certainly like a lot of guys that could be potential prospects to develop over the years. But, you know, just as far as first round goes, I think all three of these guys are a lock to at least be top 15 picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to go Joe Burrows, Tua, and, and Herbert as, as my top three uh, QB prospects. Yeah, I definitely agree. I wish that... Uh... So my favorite guy in this whole draft is Jalen Hurts. I'm a huge Jalen Hurts guy. I don't know why. I love the whole transfer and... Like you know what I mean? Wardle. People doubt him. I, I don't. Yeah, I think I love he's him, done dude. like a pretty good job. You know what I mean? And and from transferring schools too, like he he did a good job with both programs. Like Nick Saban will always say Jalen Hurts will always be kind of one of us. So he he's certainly an intriguing prospect. I I just think that there's a a, a lot of commotion about people wanting to kind of transfer his position into being like a wide receiver, kind of like yeah. we saw the talks with Lamar Jackson. And I think that's just kind of like. I, I don't understand the people's reasoning for it anymore. If you could see what Lamar Jackson does, like why not want a franchise cornerstone like that? Yeah, and Jalen and uh, Jalen Hurts a way better thrower of the football, like just period. He's a way better thrower. He was on Oklahoma, like he literally everybody who's played at Oklahoma has broken everybody's records. Like he was breaking Kyla Murray's records, he was breaking Baker's records. So sure. I don't get it, but um, yeah, I like Herbert. I think Herbert has the most. Uh, I like Burrow, but I not to say he's a one-hit wonder, but he worries me. I've been out on Tua from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and then Herbert's good, dude. I just he had no t- not many not much talent around him, so I feel like the fact that he still played well was really impressive. But uh, yeah, we got to see. Uh, again, it's tough for me to evaluate QBs in a year that's like not a guarantee, but like I feel like there's always a better uh, positional player than a quarterback in the draft, but they go oh, first because sure. of the need, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you on the same top three. And, and there's even there's even like other guys like Jake Fromm's an, another one that he can be a, a still a first-round talent, like more towards the back end. Lou, I, I had said to you, I think in the middle of the NFL season, like if if the Colts went in that direction mm-hmm. like and still kept Brissett, like that might be something to watch. And yeah. I still think that that could be something to yeah. watch for. But let's just head to the, to the running back position. And over the years, a lot of running backs have been – overvalued a lot of running backs have been devalued and we're kind of here just just to give our, our top three right now and I have uh Swift Dobbins and, and Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Taylor from from Wisconsin yeah. um and I, beast. I think they're all complete like overall backs you know what I mean uh Dobbins and Swift were, were definitely guys that we've talked about all season long just being elite guys I don't know if if these if these any of these guys are really a, a top 10 talent in the league um, like we saw with Saquon kind of being drafted so high. But besides like him and like Zeke, maybe Fournette, th- those have really been the only running backs that have cracked the top 10 as of recent years, you know? Where was, oh no, Jacobs was the third pick, the third draft pick for the Raiders, right? He yeah, was at yeah. 24. Yeah, he was yeah. a little later. Yeah, it's really, I had the same exact three, but I do think Dobbins is above them all. I just feel like he had the consistent workload uh, and just to see that, he could just not carry an offense, but like he, I'm pretty sure he was Ohio State. Am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, even when they didn't pass the ball phenomenally, like they were a running football team, and and they were the best team in the country up until the playoffs. So. Oh, for sure. So you know what I mean? I just the fact that he could carry that workload, and we see that uh, 
kind of like an old school Bama running back. Like he just had the ball all the time, could do whatever with it. But yeah, I agree. There's no one that's uh, worth missing out on like a top defensive player or a wide receiver for. No, no, for sure. And, and there's even guys that are going to be around later in the draft that, that are going to be valued. Like Kamara was a late round pick, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, so you'll always find some steals like that. But let's head to the wide receiver position. And I believe that this is one of the more deeper positions in the upcoming draft. Uh, it was hard to really just give top three prospects from this position because there's arguably five, six guys that, 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 could, be, that could be drafted within the, the first 40 picks, you know? Um, but C.D. Lamb, I, I think he's like a very polished receiver yeah. along with, along with uh, Jerry Judy. Those, those two guys are my surefire top. And then we got T. Higgins from, from Clemson. He's a, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a good deep threat, good slot guy. Reminds me a lot of kind of Deshaun Jackson, but a little undersized a little bit. Um, so I think he could definitely take the top off some defenses. And even though speed isn't what most teams look for, there could be certain teams that just look to get faster at the wide receiver position. You know what I mean? Like if yeah, if absolutely. the Colts wanted to use T.Y. as a burner, like Higgins could be like a, a short little slot guy mm-hmm. that can make guys miss. You know, th- yeah. there's always different ways that, that they kind of really uh, break it down. Um, but no, it, it's tough to kind of tell the difference between uh, C.D. Lamb and, and Jerry Judy because I, I think they're both top guys. Yeah. And I think it's just like a personal preference at, at this point. Um, but if you had to lean towards one of them, who would you, who would you favor? I'm a Jerry Judy guy. I don't know why. I just like Alabama line uh, wide receivers. I, I just think that he was very good and he was very uh, consistent. Even when Tua went out, like he was still the number one. And I know they have uh, what's his name on the other side. Is it Ruggins? Rugs, yeah, yeah, yeah Rugs R- the third. Yeah, yeah, that's what he had to do. Rugs the third. Uh, he's really good, dude. And, and honestly, you know who I love the most out of all these guys? Who? Justin Jefferson. From LSU. LSU, yeah. He's that be a kid beast. was a monster. And you know the scary thing, too, is I know the Saints pick late in the draft, but mm-hmm. these three guys, I'm, I'm the three guys that I shit, I expect them to go um, before Jefferson does in the draft. Yeah. But I also think that the Saints picking late would have the chance to get the LSU wide receiver and just kind of pair him up with Michael Thomas. And I think that, that would be mm-hmm. a really one, good one-two punch, especially yeah. if we're coming – towards the end of Drew Brees, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, I have him actually, when we do our mock draft later, but I have him going to another team similar to them with a great wide receiver and great quarterback. Oh, okay, yeah. so we got a similar build. Similar, yeah, exactly. He's that perfect second guy. I agree with you on that. And guys, we we are going to provide some mock drafts. Uh, me and Lou have been grinding already, trying to do some research and just get to know the guys before the combine and things like that. But we want to wait a little closer. So after the scouting combine comes out and we see a lot of these guys in drills and, and kind of work together, uh, we'll, we'll get you guys a, a mock draft one. And then at the end of March, we'll probably get you a mock draft two. And right around the draft uh, in yeah. April, that's when we'll get you our, our final mock draft. But this this is really fun and it's actually hard to, to really predict where these guys are going to go. Um, and, and just getting to learn all these names, because a lot of these guys are going to be studs in the league for years to come. And some of them, we won't even say their names after today. You know what I mean? After our mock drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we think that just doing the, the top three prospects at each position will just kind of help us narrow it down from there. But Lou, uh, let's head to tight ends. And I feel like usually there's, there's more deep um, tight end drafts in, in previous years. But this year, we, we do have a couple of good guys. We got Thad Moss. We got Cole Kmet from uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. And we have Hopkins from, from Purdue. A lot of these guys, I think, are polished as far as 
blocking goes, but they could definitely use some work in the receiving game where I feel Dad Moss is kind of like the opposite. I feel mm-hmm. like he's more of like the receiving threat tight end, and, and those other two guys that I named I, I definitely will need to take steps in, in the receiving aspect of being I, a tight end. I, I completely agree. That's why I'll be honest with you. That's why I have I, in my draft, I do have Cole Komet going uh, before any other tight end. I will say that he's just, I feel like because he's on a team where they really depend on him to block and then have to go out for the pass and then use him in the run game and kind of help the quarterback uh, on play action passes and things like that. And I feel like he was on a good team, but he wasn't surrounded by primo talent making him look better. And I feel like that kind of mm-hmm. is always a plus when you stand out among us. Uh, because he might be the best player on Notre Dame this season. You know? Oh, for sure. It, I, I feel like Notre Dame's had, had a lot of good defensive prospects over the years and it's kind of shied some attention away from the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball. So it's good to see uh, a standout from, from that position. But I, I believe that, that later on in the draft, there'll, there'll also be another name that, that I mentioned um, as far as positions go uh, from Notre Dame, that, that is a good defensive player. Mm-hmm. But before we go to the defensive side of the ball, Lou, let, let's hit offensive line because there's always top linemen, tackles, guards, however, that, that get taken in the first rounds. But I feel like that position is built for a majority of teams through second, third, fourth round. Um, so, so that's definitely a position where there's a lot of depth. But if you get an impact guy right away, I feel like it can completely do wonders for you. Um, so I have Becton from Louisville as my number one prospect, Willis from Bama as my number two, and Thomas from Georgia at number three. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. I have um, I have Willis one, and then I have uh, what's his name? I have uh, Becton two, but I really, really, really like uh, the kid Josh Jones. He's really good. Uh, and I feel like he could kind of slide around all over the offensive line. And I feel like kind of when you draft offensive linemen, like how we saw um, Atlanta do it this year, they drafted two guys like back-to-back in the first round. And it and it kind of didn't work out because they weren't versatile at different positions. Like yeah. when one side of the O-line was really good, the other side was really bad. That's also why I like the kid Tristan Worfus yeah, from he, Iowa. He's really good. And talk about someone who didn't have talent behind him. I think he's going to be a real sleeper late in the draft. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he, like you said uh, about the versatility. I feel like he is a, a very good versatile player. He can definitely be on the inside of that line, but if you need him to, like he he definitely needs some work to be a tackle, but he definitely mm-hmm. could do that as well. Um, so he he is another good guy. I expect him to still be a first round pick. Uh, just we're only picking three here, so mm-hmm. so how to narrow him out? Um, but let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And defensively, a lot of these guys are top talents, but the offensive side of the ball does get favored more often um, than other times. So defensive line is a position I think that a lot of teams, they feel that they can build in the middle of the draft, it, it, just like I kind of said with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, we, we have some, some really talented prospects. One, I have one from Auburn, uh, one from South Carolina, and, and the other one's from Notre Dame. So uh, Brown from Auburn, Kinlaw from uh, South Carolina, and Julian Aquara from Notre Dame. I feel like he's going to be a really good. Either you can have him on the inside interior of the defensive line, or you can even kick him out to defensive end, and he could be a, a, a really disruptive run stopper and pass rusher. Yeah, absolutely. I have those two. Uh, and then uh, instead of Aquara, I have uh, Ross Blacklock from TCU. He was really good at stopping the run. He kind of shirt up that defensive line. It was kind of a big plug in the middle. The team's kind of like the Pats and uh, like the Colts kind of have that don't have. And I feel like mm-hmm. he's going to be really valuable, even to like a team uh, like the Vikings or the Saints that really want to shore up that run defense and kind of still have uh, pressure on the quarterback. But again, another kid at a school that was good, 
but not primo talent around him. No, I hear you. So let, let's head to the edge because obviously defensive line, we feel like that's usually built up kind of meaty guys. Um, but they also can have like the versatility to go outside, like I said, with Aquara um, for Notre Dame. But in the edge, I mean, everyone raves about this guy. I think he's a lot of people's number one overall prospect yeah. over um, Joe Burrow. And, and that's Chase Young. I mean, he's really been one of the more dominant prospects that, that we've kind of seen in in the beginning of this collegiate year, he was rumored to not come out and he was going to go back for another season. But here he is. He declared and he's going to be a, a top mm-hmm. two pick unless quarterbacks get taken back to back, which I don't see that being the case mm-hmm. unless there's a trade that's made, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, Chase Young could be arguably the best player. And people comparing him to, to Nick Bosa saying that he's he's even better than Bosa. So yeah. imagine having that impact coming into the league. Um, and I, I really hope he doesn't end up going to the Redskins at two, but it, it really mm-hmm. looks that way. Um, but another another one, th- this name was really hard for me to pronounce, uh, Chason from cool. LSU. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was a really good edge guy, fast, strong. I think he just... I think he just needs like a, a little bit of a, a development in a professional system. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of those guys in the college level, they just kind of let run loose mm-hmm. and, and, and see what their just raw talent is. You know what I mean? But this guy, uh, he, he slept on a little bit. Uh, really talented pass rusher run stopping as well uh, from Iowa. A, uh, AJ Espenza. He's, I think he's going to be a top talent. I think he can be a, a sleeper in the in the late first round. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And the only other guy that I, I have that you didn't mention was Yedder Gross Matos from Penn State, dude. Yeah, he yeah, is he does good. Look good. He is real good. He's got a motor and a half on him, man. And, and Penn State's really been producing a lot of studs like yes. as of recent years. Uh, I, I know Saquon for sure, Miles Sanders. Uh, Mike, I'm pretty sure the tight end Mike Gusecki that's with yep. the Dolphins, yep. he's from there too. Um so, so they've just they've just been continuously pro- providing good prospects, and the talents carried over. So we'll see if that if that kind of continues to be the trend. But Lou, let's head to linebackers because I think that there's a lot of uh, linebackers that could make immediate impacts, and one of them I'm hoping the Giants get Isaiah Simmons. Uh, from from Clemson, he could play the safety position. He could play linebacker, kind of one of those utility guys that the Jabril Peppers of the league. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but I I think that this is kind of where the linebacker position is really trending to to seeing those sub two thirty pound guys yeah. kind of line up and just be stronger than everybody else on the field because the two fifty two sixty pound linebacker. Not that it's not ideal anymore, but you can only play them on the inside and you can only play them when, when you're expecting the run. It's really hard to kind of have those guys drop in coverage when you have guys like Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, and just to, just to name a couple in the league that that are so explosive and, and, and can do so many different things so well you know what I mean um but definitely have to hope the Giants get him at four another one I got I uh, got uh Queen from LSU and I have Murray from Oklahoma as well yeah I have I have those two as well but instead of uh Murray I have Zach Bond from Wisconsin and a lot of people don't really remember this and won't remember the Wisconsin season because they didn't really win anything but they were the best defensive team for pretty much the whole season. I remember there was a time where people were like, if they played LSU or if they played Georgia or somebody like that, it's like, could they score on them? Yeah. And it was very tough. And Zach Baum was a big reason for that. He can really cover and he can stop the run. And I just think that being on a team that was so um, dependent on defense, I think he knows what it's like to carry a big load on his shoulders as far as like we have to perform or else 
the offense, and I feel like he's been held to a standard. And Wisconsin's a stand-up school. They've had oh, some good sure. prospects over the past few seasons. And, you know, they've, they've really been, like, a, a really good program yeah. as as of recently. It, it's just crazy how the whole college thing works because it's like you lose one game and it, it basically takes you out of it. You know what yeah. I mean? So I wish I wish that there was some sort of, like, a, a way to regulate it. But, I mean, I, I, I like the – the process, like going down to four teams and stuff like that, I think it just yeah. should be like expanded a little bit. Four teams is so tough. I know it's coming from div- different divisions and, and so on, but just just really complicated. Yeah. I wish it was just a little more simplified. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go to cornerback because cornerback is a position we see guys that come in the league and can make an immediate impact, like Ramsey, like Marshawn Lattimore, just to name a few. Um, and I was really hoping DeAndre Baker from Georgia last year was going to do that with the Giants that when mm-hmm. they made him the first corner yeah. selected. Um, so I'm hoping he takes steps this year so the Giants don't have to go corner early. Um, but I, I got Okuda, who's going to be a top five yes, pick. Yes, me Hen- too. He's been phenomenal. Yeah. Kid's, a, kid's a monster. I got Henderson from Florida and I uh, got Terrell from Clemson. I, I think that they all play w- w- from great programs. All have had great leadership over the years. It's just a matter of kind of making the play consistent and just being able to cover all routes on the field. A lot of the, a lot of these cover guys come from playing zone and switching to man and can only do certain things specifically well. But in the NFL, even if you're just a, a slot cover guy, you can get you can break the bank just mm-hmm. being a slot corner, you know? Yeah. So as long as the, <clears throat> these guys pl- uh, play can translate over to, to the NFL, I, I think all of these guys can make immediate impacts. Yeah, absolutely. Another guy I really, really like, Noah Igbenyoher from uh, Auburn. Wow, He's that's tough. a tough one. I know. I think <laughs> I got it right. I've been saying it in my head for like five minutes. That was this dude's name. But yeah, he's really good again. Auburn was a great team this year. Made a lot of big defensive stops. And I feel like that's another good program where it's like they understand defense and team defense. Sure. Where it's like not one cornerback is on an island, but he realized how to play with his safeties and how to really benefit the rest of the defense. And, I mean, I just love Auburn as a program. Lou, by the way, nice shirt, kid. Thank you. Bot Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong, right? <laughs> but but let's head to safeties. And safeties is another position I feel like a lot of these guys will drop to to be like a, a sub-linebacker in certain formations in the league, especially early on. Um, but, I, but I think that there's there's a lot of teams that need safeties, and they don't really necessarily want to pay. Yeah. Um, safeties like coming out of free agency and things like that so I have McKinney from Bama Delpit from LSU and I kind of have a sleeper here I, this guy's really good just not coming from a big name school Ashton Davis from yeah, Cal very good he's re- really good I, I think he's gonna need some work just kind of because he he was a standout for for his school so he's just gonna have to be a guy that in when the combine comes around he's really gonna have to show out to solidify his presence deserving to be a, a top pick in the league. Absolutely. I completely agree with you on all that. And that kid, Delpit, is real good. It, it's funny because we're going to see so many LSU players like go in this draft. Yeah. But like they were so good as a team and so good as a whole. And I feel like there was really no ego. I mean, like, I mean, like, I think Joe Burrow has a little ego, which I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think besides that, the rest of the team is really hungry. And I feel like they really want to prove that they can do more than just a national championship. And that that just wasn't. Uh, a one-year thing that Burrow kind of put on his back. For sure. I, I mean, we all know what, what Bama has done o- over the past decade and even more as far as a college football team goes. And I feel like like 
different uh, schools ha- have their time to shine. You know, mm-hmm. LSU is always a school that we're going to know for producing good wide receivers and good defensive backs. Alabama, like they're, they're not really a school that's known for producing good quarterbacks, but just great defensive mm-hmm. studs. Running backs. Running backs, yeah. yeah that's what I mean. Um, so, all like Clemson, Ohio State, they're all going to find their niche of, of how they like kind of recruit and, mm-hmm. and how they want them to play for their schools and then how that translates over to the NFL. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, so, so I think a lot of these star- these safeties could come in the league and, and have an immediate impact. And I'm happy you mentioned LSU because I really think the kid Delpit can be something special. Oh, yeah. If if the Saints don't go in the direction of receiver with uh, Jefferson from, from LSU, I think that this could be an option for them as well. I also think the Pats that, could... Yep, could that's re- what I was just going to say. Pats could really look to target this guy because I can't imagine them wanting to pay a McCourty at no, I completely old. agree, and I feel like that's the exact type guy they want. Yeah, for sure. I, like they, They're going to need to find some foundational players in this draft. I mean, having 12, 13 draft picks, you're going to have to find some guys that are going to stick, you know? Yeah, and, and don't be surprised if the Pats take Jalen Hurts in the second round if he falls. That's all I'm wow, saying. Wow, bold that's prediction, Louie. He's a, he's a dude with a chip on his shoulder, easy to play for, easy to play with, and there's no ego there. That's a Belichick thing. Well, guys, that, that wraps it up for our, me and Lou's first draft prospect episode. Like I said, you guys will be hearing a bunch from us as far as the draft goes, more after the combine. Um, but thank you for tuning in. Let us know some of your favorite prospects and give these guys a look. You know, these guys are going to be former uh, future stars in the league. But that wraps it up since the Sandbox, baby. Peace.